Hello and welcome to The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at some of the state news' biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. I'm your host, Dina Kaur, a staff reporter at the State News, and today we will be discussing what you might have missed in MSU and East Lansing news during spring break. Thanks for joining us. On the March 10th ballot, there will be six questions for East Lansing residents. Here to talk to you about how to prepare to vote on Tuesday is East Lansing Beat reporter Lucas Day. Thanks for joining us. What are the six questions on the ballot for East Lansing residents? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, So there's three questions that go to Ingham County residents. Um, One would increase the tax money going to fund Potter Park and Potter Park Park Zoo. Another would increase health care and mental um, health care for low-income Ingham County residents who are not eligible for Medicaid. And that third one for Ingham County would be to renew funding for recreational trail creation and maintenance countywide. Then there's one for Ingham County School District that aims to increase money for students um, needing special education. And then the big one, the one that a lot of people are talking about, the MSU FCU um, commercial building. Um, The plan for that is, I believe, to be eight stories tall. And that would kind of bring a bunch of different people working within MSU FCU into one big building. Um, So that's, that's the big one. And then the final one is to continue funding CATA, the the bus service. Can you talk more about the proposed MSU FCU office building and what do voters need to know about it? Yeah, so um, obviously it's up to voters. I know that city council is very high on this project. Um, They speak very highly of MSU FCU. The thing that um, not just the people on the council but also the last council was looking for um, was a big office building that would help bring talent into East Lansing and also retain talent from Michigan State grads who would go other places. They think that they can keep them in East Lansing after they graduate with this building. Can you talk more about the proposal to increase funding for the Potter Park Zoo? Oh, can I ever. Um, so the zoo, they think, from what I talked to them, they think that they've had a good chance of getting this to pass. They've got programs like Zoo in Your Neighborhood where they go out to libraries and schools and community centers. Um, stuff like that, and show them different animals, help kids learn about them. They've also got falconers where people with special needs, and their children come into the zoo one day a month, and they get all these special programs um, where they get to learn about the animals with sensory needs training. So they think that's won them some goodwill in the community, so they're they're really feeling good about their funding getting increased. And basically what their director, um, Amy Morris Hall, told me was that right now they can pay to keep the zoo functioning. Um, They can't they cannot afford right now to continue to improve the things that they want to improve. One of the big things she said was all their buildings are super old. Potter Park turns 100 years, 100 years old this year. Um, a lot of their buildings are 70 years plus old. So she'd like to update a lot of those buildings, and that's expensive, obviously. Um, she also talked about their trails. She said their trails were terrible, and she wants people who are in wheelchairs and um, are otherwise disabled and they can't get around quite as easily to be able to get around the zoo easier and that's expensive. And they also got this new rhino. Um, It's very, very endangered and obviously it's not cheap to raise a rhino. And what she told me is that she doesn't know if they'd have to shut down parts of the zoo because a lot of these buildings need need repairs. Like they can't keep going how they are. But she said that um, she doesn't know. She couldn't tell me that they wouldn't shut down parts. She wouldn't tell me that they would. Um, She just doesn't know. And what are some tips for students who are voting on Tuesday? First of all, check that you're registered to vote at michigan.gov slash vote. 
Um, if you aren't and it's the day of, you can actually go to the county clerk's office, or I'm sorry, the city clerk's office, go right to the East Lansing city, um, city building, city offices, and you can register to vote there and then vote there. Um, so we do have same-day registration, which is super helpful. And then just research these ballot questions before you go in so you really know what you want what you, what, so that you're not caught off guard once you get to the um, voting booth. Thank you for joining us, Lucas. Presidential candidate Bernie Sanders hosted a rally in Detroit Friday. Sanders has also stopped in Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, Dearborn, and Flint ahead of Tuesday's primary election. Here to discuss more about this rally is photo editor Annie Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So can you talk about your experience in covering this event? What was the environment like? It was incredibly exciting because I've never covered a political event before, so I had no expectations going in, and it was just a stage and this giant swarm of people. So I was trying to figure out where to go, how to get the best angle, and tell the story. What are some of the main things Sanders talked about at the rally? I think his biggest message was equal rights on all fronts for women, uh, LGBTQ plus community. One of the things that he said was that if he lost, he would still support Biden, and if Biden lost, he would still support Bernie. I thought that was really cool and interesting. Another of his points was encouraging people to get out and vote and to get into their backyard. By that, he meant talking to relatives and just encouraging people to vote all around. What was it like photographing this rally? Have you ever photographed an environment like this? I've been to outdoor events, I suppose, of this nature, but never of this magnitude. I think there's about 6,000 plus people there. Um, it was really helpful having designated areas I could go, but also being able to work the crowd and use different lenses to get close and far away. I, I really enjoyed it because it felt like my work was important. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, even if you're not really political, I'd encourage people to go to these types of events just to see what it's like. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a busy week for Michigan State sports as men's and women's basketball, hockey, wrestling, and gymnastics were all in action. I am now joined by sports general assignment reporter Eli McCowan to discuss the busy week for Spartan athletics. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so let's start with men's basketball. What happened over spring break? So um, they had two games over the course of spring break, Maryland and Penn State. Start off Maryland. Um, at the time, they were, I want to say, they were t- two games behind going into that game, so in the Big Ten race, and they ended up winning, coming within a spot of the game, put them in a position where they are now. Um, currently, as we're recording, they're playing against Ohio State, up by 11 now. They were up by, like, five last time I checked, but okay. Um, but now they're in a position right now where they can win a share of the Big Ten title after beating Penn State as well. They were down against Penn State by 19 points at one point in the first half. They came back, they win. Um, Big Ten tournament coming up this week, and they if they win against Ohio State here, I believe they will be the one or the two seed, one or the other in the Big Ten tournament, so they're setting themselves up for a really good position here going forward. So women's basketball went to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament. How did that go? So they lost Purdue in the first matchup they had. Um, wire-to-wire game for Purdue. They didn't let Michigan State get any inkling of a chance in this one. Um, they're now awaiting their fate for the rest of the postseason. Um there's probably less than a 1% chance they go to the NCAA tournament. 
they're probably going to the WNIT, but um, Susie Merchant said in her post-game press conference that um, she'll have to decide whether they want to accept that invite because the team is so banged up at this point. She doesn't know whether it's worth, you know, um, ha- having further injuries at this point or making um, players worse. So um, this season, I mean, they could have been a team that made it to the NCAA tournament, maybe make a run. They wanted to win the Big Ten this year. They were projected to do so, but injuries really derailed them. It was unfortunate, and you kind of saw it at Indy. They just didn't have enough gas. They didn't have enough weapons to, to take down Purdue or make a run to make it to the NCAA tournament. Hockey also participated in the Big Ten tournament and faced Michigan. How did MSU fare against their rivals? Well, um, not good. Um, both games, they got swept in um, over in Yost um, in Ann Arbor. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a team that before the season was looked at as uh, a team that was going to finish last in the Big Ten. They had a heck of a year. They were at one point first in the Big Ten, but um, losing started off losing to Minnesota, a Minnesota series, Ohio State series. Um, Notre Dame right going into the Big Ten tournament then they get swept by Michigan so now they will not have a postseason Um, but going forward for the rest of the season um, they have a really bright future under Dan Cole and um, nobody thought they would have even been in that position they were in and um, yeah they're they're they have a bright future going forward but it was an unfortunate ending to what was seeming like at one point an inevitable tournament appearance and lastly how did the non-revenue sports and wrestling and gymnastics fare over break well, um, again, as a recording, Michigan State Wrestling, they are wrapping up the Big Ten Tournament. Um, they had six NCAA championship qualifiers, um, Cameron Caffey being one of those. Um, he just lost uh, to um, a true freshman from Penn State in the championships, but he's qualified. He's going to have a good chance to possibly be a national champion. Um, getting second place in the Big Ten is no um, small feat. Um, Big Ten's one of the best conferences there is for wrestling, especially Penn State. Um, but they've got six guys going in. That would have been um, unthinkable for some of the injuries that they had this season um, and some of the, you know, where this program was just two years ago. Um, they were bottom feeders in the Big Ten. Now they're on the rise. Um, and they're going into now their last meet. I think it's, I'm not sure actually when that is. I'll have to double check. So I'm not going to say when it is on air, but if I don't know. Um, but they're going to have six people going there to uh, wrestle. Um, as for gymnastics, they faced Iowa State the Friday spring break started. Um, they ran into a buzz sauce. The Cyclones were number 17 in the country. They did not fare well. Um, they're actually been off for a little while, and they're finishing up their last regular season meet um, against a couple of Mid-American Conference opponents. And then they will also be going into their Big Ten tournament. Hey, thanks again for joining us, Eli. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for joining us this week on the 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at some of the state news's biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. You can follow us on Twitter at The Snooze, on Instagram at State News, and on statenews.com. Also, be sure to pick up our weekly print edition on stands all across campus. We'll be back next week to unpack even more stories. 